Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing some news and feedback. WandaVision is releasing January 15th, you guys. It's crazy. It's finally here. Doctor Strange 2 is going to begin filming in London very soon. Loki is reportedly filming a second season starting in January 2022. And then there's some uh, crazy Google shenanigans with old actors of Spider-Man showing up in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. It's crazy. All that and more. Your feedback right after this said we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall hit him with that five-star review. 500 strong, says Lothos. Just listen to the 500th episode and it was awesome. As you would expect, this is the best Marvel podcast out there, and their spinoffs are great as well. Star Wars, Bingers, so much great content from this crew. They're always a highlight in my stream. I enjoy hanging with you guys, even if you don't know who I am. <laughs> Especially like the origin stories of how Matt and Tim met. Oops, I meant Jeff. <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> ah, it's so wonderful. Everyone's calling you Tim now. There's a lot of that in the feedback, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I expected that. <laughs> Thank you, Lothos. That's uh, incredibly kind of you. Um, yeah, we, we had a good time doing the 500th episode. But you know what? We focused a lot on ourselves last time. Let's get into the news. Yeah, it's not about us. Not today. Not today. It's not about us. It's about WandaVision. Matt, we got a release date. Yeah, I'm torn about how to feel on this one. Obviously, I'm excited to have a release date. Finally. But it definitely moved it back as of two yeah. days. I checked it two days ago just to see if it had popped up yet on the, you know, uh, Disney plus and like, yeah, sure enough. It said 2020, 2020. They've been telling us 2020 on all these things. And they've also told us like six months ago that this was ready. Like it was done. They said filming was done and post was done. So I'm kind of annoyed that they're pushing it to January 15th. <laughs> I'm glad to have a date. Don't get me wrong. I just wish that date were sooner. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's 2020 is going to come and go without a single new Marvel Cinematic Universe property showing up. Well, I mean, and, I, without a new one, but we did get Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hellstrom this year. But yes, like nothing Marvel Studios, nothing connected to the MCU, if we're being honest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> there's no no nothing that's connected. And, you know, yeah. I think, I guess Nathaniel Muzzy said it best in, in the comments on the, uh, what we put in the Facebook group. He said, Marvel didn't want to get any 2020 on their MCU. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Thank you, Muzzy. Uh, yeah, I that's, get it. Uh, yeah, they, they knew that if they release, this year has been cursed. And if they release anything this year. <laughs> Everyone related will die. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to write, uh, um, okay. This is not supposed to be actually political, okay? Uh, but you know how, like, <laughs> everyone always asks, are you better off four years ago than you are now? I just want to, like, write a really strongly worded thing about uh, our, our, the president and be like, four years ago, I got three movies a year. <laughs> <laughs> in his last year in office, I got zero Marvel movies. <laughs> like, just be really mad about that one thing. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> you ruined it for everybody. <laughs> Talk about all the, like, canceled geek shows and, like, blame that all on 
the, the presidency. That'd be really funny. I, I should write that article. <laughs> it's all Mitch McConnell's fault. Yes, that's right. Uh, Mitch McConnell <laughs> shakes fist. That um, son of a Mitch. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's, I don't really have anything else to say except I just, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for WandaVision. What do you yeah. think? We, it's about time we get like another trailer. It's about time for them to ramp up the marketing. That's get true. the hype train started. Like we're conductors on this hype train. I know we are. So like we need the keys. <laughs> yeah. You like, need give to, us the keys. Give us the things we need. Give us the things we need for the hype train to roll on. Um, woo, woo. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. <laughs> 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 so doctor strange 2 a eh? doctor strange 2 a eh? you know like speaking of elizabeth olsen also appearing also appearing in doctor strange 2 doctor strange multiverse of madness her elizabeth olsen's uh stunt double posted on the internet on social media uh in london like just kind of checking in saying like hey yeah i mean i'm in london we're getting ready for like they're about to start filming the next movie. They're about to start filming Doctor Strange 2 in London. Like, all of the crew is headed that way. It's getting started, Matt. It's happening. Finally, like it. they're, they're getting on it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And um, apparently, Bennett Cumberbatch has been seen uh, in the area of Atlanta, like Pinewood Studios, shooting for Spider-Man 3. Wow, man! Yeah, man. So much, so much it's is coming. Real exciting, and you know, I've really hated this pause. I really have. I don't want it to. I I want the next phase, but they've had so much time to massage these things and make them just what they want them. Like, if you're the guy who like has to, you're like, oh my, my drop date is this date. <laughs> I know this from personal experience. Um, <clears throat> Black Widow album. Um, when you're like, my, 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 I have this many months to finish this thing, this creative thing I'm working on. And then you're like, oh crap, I have another six months. What can, what can I do with another six months? How much better can I make it with another six months? That's so, I just feel, I'm expecting good, good things from these, these coming movies that they had like way longer to plan for, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, they could be overproduced. Or, or overthinking. Yeah, that's that's true. That, that is the opposite way to do it. Yeah, and they've had too long. That's why I haven't used any of this extra time so far to write the Black Widow album. <laughs> In an effort to not overproduce. Yeah, I don't want to overproduce it or overthink it. I just shut down. <laughs> <laughs> just been crying in the corner. So... Speaking of the future, right? You like that segue? In the uh, year 2000. Wait, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Loki, which has not even finished yet. Um, or rather, Loki, which has not even released yet. And we don't even know a release date for it. Apparently, is being set up to start filming a second season in January of 2022. Uh, the report says that it's it's unclear if it's that Loki was ordered as two series to start with, or if they just like what they've seen so far and they're like, "Give us another one." Um, you know, this show, I like it. Uh, another, <laughs> give me whatever. another. Like whatever the case may be, we get more Tom Hiddleston Loki, likely. 
I'm excited about that. I'm excited that like this multiverse Loki, because you know, Thanos said no resurrections this time. And we're I feel like we're all expecting this to be Loki from that branch 2012 universe. Right. Who escaped with the the uh space stone. Yeah, I think that's so, like, pretty likely. I think, you know, that being pretty likely, I'm excited to see that that particular continuity is is continuing. That um Me too, but here's the thing. If that particular continuity, here's the clever thing about that. That's a Loki we know. So like one yep. of the things I really hate when they introduce a new version of a character, like they re reboot something, when they don't properly set that character up. So this is a character we know. 2012 Loki is a is a character we know very well. Um and if that character is picked up there and then we have this whole multiverse thing start to happen and we have uh, all the walls between multiverses are collapsing or whatever because of Wanda, like what if we get like that Loki like brought to our universe, but it's like, I don't know. It's like a rebooted Loki, but like a character we actually know the backstory of. It's not, it's not like where, I mean, when you bring in a Spider-Man or a Batman, someone you've told the story of before and you don't tell their origin story, sometimes it's kludgy, you know? Sometimes it's like, I don't know this guy. I know he's Spider-Man. I know I'm supposed to like him because he's Spider-Man, but I don't know this Spider-Man, you know? Yeah, like I don't know this particular guy's backstory. Yeah, but this wouldn't be that way. This would still be the same universe up until a point, and that would make it really fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah, you're basically just dialing a character back uh, and, you know, there's potential for that character to have that that knowledge of their own death mm-hmm. and that to massively change them. We haven't even really talked about this, but what if Thor, like our current Thor, who, uh, you know, we all know and love, uh, gets to meet his alternate universe bro- a brother and like tell him of the sacrifice he made, you know? Oh, that particular Loki has not experienced the death of his mom. Mm-hmm. Has not experienced anything past, you know, phase one. Yeah. Has not gone to Sakaar. Yeah, that early villainy of Loki feels very petulant. It feels very like, I'm going to be the trickster guy because everybody, nobody really likes me and everybody loves Thor and, I, and I'm not really your son. And, you know, like I'm going to, he seems really yeah. rebellious. But as yep. we see when he finally like has to make the hero call, he has to lay down on the wire as cap says, like he does it. And so like we get this trickster Loki who like sees a future version of himself and he knows that's inside of him somewhere. And now he sees that it's happened. Like, how does that affect a character like that? I mean, the first thing that I would think of uh, that Loki might say is like, look what being a hero got me before. Yeah, no, I could absolutely see it. like it'll complicate him mentally, but I still see him fully trying to be a villain uh, still. Like I don't see it like changing him right away at least, but he's yeah. always going to have that nagging in the back of his mind. Like that's the guy I ended up. I actually ended up being the guy with statues made of him, you know? Yep. Like yep. He, uh, he could go to an actual statue of Loki in, in like new Asgard or whatever, uh, where he like, tried to save everyone you know like that's that that could actually happen instead of the trickster version where he like did it as as odin or whatever oh man oh man that would be so crazy 
Yeah, I, I, I want it now. So excited to see where that what they do with that Loki series, and with all the multiverse like falling apart, like I think it really could uh, tie into more than we've been really giving it credit for. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I, I do feel like we uh, we've kind of written it off as like, oh, that's going to be a fun romp through a part of the multiverse. It's not really ever going to connect again. You know, just yeah. for all the fangirls that love Tom Hiddleston so much, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, Loki. Like me. You know, yep. you're like me. Yep. <laughs> um, I do. I, yeah, I'm, 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 so I'm pumped for that. The, it's going to be real cool. Um, let's, uh, let's get to this guard. Like, so this is not a story. <laughs> this is not yeah. news. It really isn't. But someone in our stranded panda chat pointed it out. And I just thought it was interesting and might spark some interesting conversation. On Google, when you search for the cast of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it has listed in that cast uh, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like, I realize that's probably not real. It's definitely not official. But, like, somehow that's getting in there as the cast on, like, the official Google cast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so like, what do you think of that? Do you think it's possible that, that, that in Dr. Strange and the Multiverse Madness, we'll get all of those characters? I don't think that those characters are going to be in Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I think that Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange might encounter those people in Spider-Man three when he's doing his multiverse Spider-Verse shenanigans. I think that that might certainly be a thing, but I don't think that they're going to show up in Dr. Strange because Doctor Strange is in in the movie verse at least in the in the MCU he is so not established he's got one movie that he was starring in and then what two movies that he was briefly in uh, as a as a key role but still not like completely actually 100% starring I think that he's still like he's still this fledgling MCU hero. We love him. We like him a lot. He's done great. And I expect him to continue to do great, but he's not to the point yet to where like Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield and, uh, and Ryan Reynolds, you know, from, from Fox and Sony times past can show up in, in his second movie. And, it's just that he, there's so much other Doctor Strange story to tell. Sure. And I think that bringing them in would be would be a disservice to Doctor Strange, really. I don't know. I don't agree with you. Uh, because I think that as of now, Doctor Strange is one of the MCU daddy figures. You know, like we had... It was just Thor... It was really just Cap and Iron Man for a long time who were like, they, they're kind of the, and you know, Thor and Hulk, of course, as well. I feel like Thor and Hulk were uncles. Yeah. They, 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 they weren't ever the sort of center of those main stories. It was always Cap and Iron Man. And, and with the leaving of those two, like I really feel like Dr. Strange is one of our main characters. All that stuff he did with the 14 million possible timelines. And he's the, he's the one who is like inspiring, uh, Iron Man to do what he did, like all that stuff I think is very, 
indicative of the fact that he is he is one of the main characters like his his role in infinity war and endgame were both very large uh infinity war he was on screen a lot and then in endgame he like plays a pivotal pivotal role at the very end and so i just think that um i, I think that he is now in the pantheon of like characters that are going to go forward being like the heads of the avengers you know or, or in this probably more likely the illuminati Maybe so, but like in in the MCU, his his particular uh, dominion, his section of the MCU, you know, the mysticism and magic side hasn't really been explored at sure. all. Not much. And yeah, and, and taking his second movie to to do some weird shenanigans with Sony and Fox, like it just seems like a disservice. It, yeah. it would be. I hear that. It wouldn't be good for all of the potential Dr. Strange backlog of stuff that he has to, that he has to get through in order to like actually be the Sorcerer Supreme in, you know, in most people's eyes, I guess. Yeah. I guess, I, I guess Endgame did that for me. Infinity War and Endgame did that for me. And I feel like for most people, but I, I agree with you. I actually don't think this is true, uh, but I do think it is likely that this multiverse stuff will use well they will be using the multiverse and Wanda breaking down the multiverse to bring in all three of these characters and uh but I, I think it's more likely that those two uh Spider-Man will show up in a Spider-Man movie right and that I don't know where Deadpool will show up but I just hope it's soon <laughs> I hope he's the post-credit sequence at the end of uh, WandaVision, personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, mm. it's hard to say what uh, what's gonna what's gonna go down. Um, you know, I, I like the theory that Wanda or WandaVision is gonna break the the multiverse open. Spider Man is gonna mess it up worse, and then Doctor Strange is gonna try to fix it in Multiverse of Madness. Like, yeah. You know, like a three movie arc, except different leads every time. Yeah, dude. I, I like that idea, but I don't know how feasible that is. And especially with, you know, the, there's going to be a point where Spider-Man rights go back to Sony. They can't establish another deal. You know, they, they can't establish more. So Marvel has to find a way to kind of not erase, but extract Spider-Man or, or kind of, you know, cut Spider-Man out in a way. Mm, to possibly. where it makes sense. Yeah, that's possible. Or they keep making deals. And I, I wish they yeah. would just make a lifelong deal because, or sell the rights back or whatever, because I do think that it's problematic that we're, we're going to constantly have to worry about, well, uh, or, or it's hard to, they like to plan far ahead and it's really hard to plan when you're like, we're planning this. We don't know yet if Spider-Man can be involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, in the comics, at least, Spider-Man is a is a big part of the verse. He's um, kind of. I mean, like, yes, because he's popular and they put him in a lot of stuff. Right. But he's not that. Exactly. He's street level still for most of the time. Most of the time, but he is he's a popular figure, absolutely, and a lot of people know him, and that's why he gets put into these these big honking stories. Yeah, for sure. And you know, if you're going to adapt those big honking stories, it would be nice to have the character that everybody knows and loves. I mean. Everybody knows and loves the the Avengers all, you know, from the movies, but like Spider-Man's got a huge following. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I definitely not arguing there. Um, okay. So let's get into feedback. You ready? 
Sure. Oh, I guess before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor this week. Man, these days are tough with, uh, with, with just, it's hard to leave the house. You got to like put on a hazmat suit and stuff. And so like, you know what I really like to do? I like to get stuff delivered to my house. And today's sponsor does exactly that. Tell them about it, Jeff. Basically, it's like this. If you're like me, you start thinking about what to eat for dinner when you're eating lunch. And I love food, but sometimes getting into my kitchen and cooking something delicious to eat just isn't, it, it doesn't make it to the to-do list. And that's part of why I've been loving Postmates. With Postmates, you can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the front door. Like we said, current state of the world is a bit crazy. So with that in mind, Postmates created no contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left on my doorstep and the app lets me know when it's been delivered. Postmates also offers a pickup option, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. It's so important that we support and uplift our communities right now. And what better way than ordering food? You know, it it supports me, it supports them. All good. And Postmates isn't just all about burgers and sushi, either. I can order anything. Toilet paper, phone chargers, you know, places like Walgreens, 7-Eleven. And a Postmate will drop it off right outside my front door. Yeah, man, if you find yourself in a situation where you are in a dire situation in need of toilet paper... Which has been possible lately. It has happened. You can literally just hit the buttons on the thing and they bring you toilet paper and then you just have to sort of shimmy to the door instead of shimmying to your car. It's pretty great. (laughs) It's a lot lower chance of somebody seeing you, laughing at you. Yeah, yeah. So you just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. So for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $5 off your first five orders for your first seven days. To save $5 on your first five deliveries, download the app and use the code MCU. That's code MCU for $5 off your first five orders when you download the Postmates app or sign up online. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Okay, it's feedback time. It's feedback time. It is indeed. And uh, I, these first two feedbacks are related to our Hellstrom coverage. I don't think they're spoilery at all but uh okay. i just i put them both in next to each other because they relate to one another in an interesting way and shows the perils of doing a podcast about media uh <laughs> and and let me say i don't I, I understand both these people's perspectives i feel like uh they're both right in in different ways so uh long long time patron jordan pierce uh who who wrote in about the hellstrom coverage he says hey guys you know i love you but I love when it starts with that. It's like, oh, yeah, that's disappointed. Anytime they have to say I love you, uh, which is which is common. It's like often, especially like our long term listeners are like, I love you guys. But here's where you're so wrong. However, <laughs> says, you know, I love you, but I was really bummed out on this podcast and the Hellstrom one through five. You guys were so negative about the show. In this episode, you guys talked negatively until the 31 minute mark. Then you said, let's say something good, and then immediately went back to bashing it. You said maybe five minutes worth of good things about the show. It's, it's really a bummer, because in your 500th episode, you made such a big deal about how this podcast, unlike others, stays positive with the content you review. But I don't think you can say that about these two podcasts. I knew nothing about Hellstrom and really liked this show. Super bummed it's going to end, most likely, and... 
the the worst is I was looking forward to listening to you bring up all the cool stuff throughout the series. Hopefully you can revisit this with Jeff and get the fun MCU cast take on this because I was even surprised that Ash said that stayed on the bashing train for the most part, calling the show slash plot stupid at one point. Again, love you guys, but really bummed on these podcasts. That is that is a totally fair uh, takedown of our Hellstrom episodes. I, I and I really wanted to like Hellstrom, and I really tried to keep bringing it back to something positive. But there were some pervasive things that I personally didn't like. But I I did keep saying I liked the show. I like I really enjoyed the watch of the show, and there are elements that are really really cool. Um, but I felt bad because as I said, Jordan is one of our long-term patrons and I hate to disappoint. Uh, and we did say we like to, the thing I, the thing about covering something you like, you don't, you, you, the problem is we never know if we're going to like it ahead of time. <laughs> yep. but, so it's like that weird balance of being positive, but also being honest. And we, that, that is something that me and you have in our, uh, Jeff, in our, um, balance is you get fanboy excited more than I do. And I get a little more analytical and you, I think you excite me when you're excited and I get, and I think I make you analyze things a little more. I think we pull on each other yeah. in those ways. And that's really yeah, cool. You get on the, you get on the hype train. Yeah, I do. Um, and, and, and like, it, there's nothing wrong with it. I think that's why we all go to a movie theater together. You know, it's cause someone yeah. gets so excited. It, like it, being excited in a room is more exciting. So I hate that we couldn't be that for Jordan on this, uh, on this Hellstrom, uh, episodes, uh, because I really, I really did want to like it. I did not want, I did not want to go on bashing it, but I, I, my, I kept perseverating on one or one or two issues that I just like really bothered me. But like overall I did enjoy the show. It's horror. For, it's really good horror and like cool. It's got, it's got some really cool elements and I actually like the act, acting for the most part a lot. Um, then we have another feedback here from Stephen Bennett. <laughs> he says, Dear Matt, Jeff, and wonderful guest host, Ashley, can you guys be real for a minute and do me a favor? Can you admit Hellstrom is straight up not good? <laughs> You're being very diplomatic about it by saying things like, if you like horror, you might like this. I don't know a ton about the character from comics, but I'm pretty sure you don't want the main character in a TV series to be indistinguishable from a piece of wood. Honestly, the only thing I enjoyed about the series was the actress who played his sister. She was really good. Give us your real, unfiltered thoughts like you did with Inhumans. Thank you for your time and love you all 300. <laughs> also, I, I'm assuming a 300 was a typo, but I, I like it, especially in this context. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's a reference to uh, uh, Haley Hobbs. Was it Haley Hobbs? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Haley Hobbs, yeah. Haley Hobbs gave us a, a love you 300 one time. Um, no. Yeah. So the, the, I just had to include that cause it was very funny. The juxtaposition of those two emails. It was like, Jordan's like, guys, you were so negative. And Steven's like, guys, why are you being so positive? <laughs> 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 so, you know, I feel like if we got, I feel like we're trying to be honest. And so Steven said, we're not being honest. I really felt like we were trying to be honest. And so like, you know, we walked the middle because I think it was, I don't think it was nearly in humans level at all. Um, yeah, it, it was not, I cared about the characters. I just didn't fully understand them, which made it hard to understand the full stakes of everything. Um, right. 
but uh, I don't want to, I'm, I'm trying not to get into my actual analysis of the show because I don't want to poison your view of it, Jeff. Cause if you do watch yeah. it, we'll, we'll throw We'll do a short episode where you can fanboy out about it. I, I plan, I plan to watch it. It's just like, it's been one of those many things that has kind of fallen by the wayside yeah. with this move. Yeah. You move in States um, right now. I, I, I totally get it. Moving States, moving jobs, moving lots of things uh, in the middle of a pandemic and yeah. The, that, that's why body. that's why we went out and went and did without without you thank you thank you for giving me that time off yeah man uh okay so sorry to jordan and steven for uh not being there to be the fun of these things i guess um, <laughs> i'll try to i'll try to catch up i've seen the first episode and i thought it was all right um it seems a little mm, lackluster in the uh, special effects department. Mm. It, it, Interesting. That's one of the things we kept saying we liked. In the first episode, meh. Um, just because it was, I don't know, it feels like it's low budget. and Definitely lower budget than something like WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier or the movies, but like... I mean, it feels lower budget than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. At least Agents of mm. S.H.I.E.L.D. got Ghost Rider with a flaming skull. Like, Hellstrom at one point has flaming hair. Come now. Wait, in, in, uh, in, <laughs> anyway. the, in the show or in the first episode? In comics. Or in comics, yeah. No, they, they, do, they do some flaming stuff at different points. Okay. But, like, that's just first episode stuff. They hadn't got there yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. First episode, it felt kind of, you know, it felt like set up. And I can see that they're getting into uh, a solid... Uh, you know, good versus evil, but like, what is good? What is evil? Kind of thing. Like this guy. Like I know that Hellstrom is the son of Satan, or a uh, son of a devil. Um, I I know this just comics knowledge. So See, like, yeah, and that's something I did not know going in, and I and and Ashley intentionally didn't spoil it for me when we did our first episode watch, and uh, I that was actually like. I'll just give my analysis a little bit. My biggest, my biggest problem with the show is that I didn't know who, I didn't know what was going on. Like most of the show, which I just didn't. And if I think with some comics knowledge, maybe, or with some, whatever, like I think it could have been better actually. Um, for me, my experience could have been better. Cause I, I just felt like I was watching the show and not fully understanding everyone's motivations because of, because of my, I didn't understand what a demon was kind of like, like in this world, everybody has a different conception of demon. Like what is a demon? Um, right. It's different in every version of this sort of tale. And they didn't really do a good job of setting that up. Like, and it was, it was one of those things where we trying, they were trying to show don't tell, but I was like really wanting that doc Brown scene where, uh, Don yeah. Brown says, this I, is I what want it, some tell every now and again. Yeah, like you need a little exposition here and there. Um, anyway, let's, let's, let's get into this next feedback. That's, that's okay. That's, okay. I just thought I had to, I had to include both those Telstrom reviews because it was really, really great. It's really funny. Okay. Uh, Frank Hogan says, just so you guys know, the source and progression of Wanda's powers are multifaceted. She was born a mutant, but as a baby, an elder God named Thon planned to use her as a vessel to invade earth's universe. To put his power in perspective, Chthon is the brother of Gaia, the mother of all godly pantheons on Earth, and Ashtar, one of Doctor Strange's Vishanti, um, and the mother of Agamotto, hmm. who, you know, the eye of Agamotto being Doctor Strange's, like, greatest weapon. Anyway, 
The Darkhold and all the spells in it come from Chthon, and he is the originator of Chaos Magic. Making her a vessel increased her overall power levels to that of an Omega-level mutant. Without Chthon's influence, she would have probably had powers like Domino or Longshot. Thanks for listening. You guys are some real ones. You guys are some real ones. I like that. Yeah. Some, some people say cool things, and it makes me feel cool. Right? <laughs> What's that one? This guy? is one of those days. You, got, you guys are some real ones. Thank, thank you, Frank. Um, Thanks, Frank. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, that's, that's some good background knowledge. I did not, uh, I'd heard there's there, that her powers are a little multifaceted and I guess in the MCU, they're not yet, but I think, I, I think with what they're doing with WandaVision, they might get a little more complicated. Maybe, yeah. maybe there'll be something similar where her, uh, you know, infinity stone powers get activated or like expanded by uh, contact with some other being, which we've talked about a little bit on the cast, I think. At least her having contact. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like I don't know. With Agatha Harkness being there, it's it makes sense that there could be some some discussion of magic and you know otherworldly beings and going that route. But the MCU as a whole has been more grounded in science and and trying to explain like you know these infinity zones are just you know concentrated ingots of you know facets of the universe or whatever. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe they get into like these, these infinity zones were created by someone uh, or maybe a group of someones. And that just happens to be, you know, Agamotto or the, the Vashanti or, you know, Chathan, Ashtar, like maybe those people are the ones that created the infinity stones um, when they were creating the universe. Mm. and maybe they're called the beyonders and then that gets into secret wars and matt i'm going too far you are you are you're just <laughs> heading down the trail uh well let's listen to this voicemail okay all right here we go thanks for taking my call keep grinding you guys are doing great quick question i heard you guys touch on the mcu casting the character tang recently and something's been kind of glossed over i, I found kind of interesting and that's the fact that at some point they're going to use the likeness of the, of the actor and his true form in the, in the, in the movies, when they do that, that then by default makes the first, does that make the first family of Marvel of people of color? It's an interesting topic that I don't think he was talking about because that's a big shift and a big news story that potentially. So I want to hear you guys opinion on it and uh quick fan casting if you can. Thanks and have a good day. Appreciate your time guys. Interesting. Uh, it is the year you're like 3,000. Is that right? That's the 30th or 31st century. 31st century. So uh, while he is, a, he is a Richards, right? The, the um, yeah. Kang is a Richards, but it's like a distant relative Richards. Yeah. So possibly, and that would absolutely uh, be fine and make sense. And you could do definitely do that. Um, but also... Uh, a thousand years is a long time. Uh, you can have a lot of different ancestors in a thousand years, and if if they use um this character, like I could I could see them still doing uh, you know, uh, it's it, it, this is this is this is sort of awkward, but like uh, there are people today who definitely have a uh, African-American appearance who have a white ancestor is what I'm saying. 
Um, and that's and that's it, it basically sense he of America. He played a character like that in Lovecraft Country. Yeah, exactly. Literally in Lovecraft Country, he played a character that just a hundred years ago had a white ancestor. <laughs> Um, are you are you typecasting him as the uh, the black man who has a white ancestor, a, d- a distant white ancestor? But I, I'm just saying, like that. I don't think that. I think that's a great call and a great thought. But I think they could easily uh, make make that shift either way if they wanted to. They could definitely go with a uh, the first family Marvel being black, um, and they could also easily say that he had one white ancestor in the distant past that Reed Richards was his ancient ancestor a thousand years ago. Yeah. But that's kind of a cop out, you know? Uh, I, I don't know. It seems logical to me, but I, I I'm not saying they, that it's bad if they do. It kind of feels like it would be sort of pandering to the, to the white, you know, uh, the white base or the, the, white nerdy base like why can't reed richards and and family be african-american hell why can't reed richards be african-american and sue storm be white like sure completely fine i'm fully on board with that depends on the story they want to tell honestly it does it does especially if they do a time period piece um if the the first family or any portion of it is african-american and they're in the 50s or 60s then you Ooh, have then, then you have like a real you could have some great story uh tension there uh them being these like well-known scientists or or even like superheroes but also being black like that that's that's cool and that could be a great story but it just depends on if that's the story they want to tell so i think they I, I don't think this locks them in either way i think that just depends on what story they want to tell next when when they get around to fantastic four yeah yeah it would be a little confusing to average audiences you'd have to have that line where you go you're my ancestor. <laughs> like, and like, really? It's been a thousand years, bro. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah, right. We've progressed as a society. You, you racist ass. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not there's anything wrong with you being my ancestor. I just, I just, I, it's surprising. It's surprising. I don't see the yeah, resemblance. I thought I had strong genes. They seem to have been lost down the line. <laughs> you don't look like me at all. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I, I think that is, it is likely that uh, he's right, honestly, like uh, th- that our caller is right. I don't think he said his name. Uh, did he? Nope. Um, yeah, it is, it is likely that he is correct, that this will mean that. Um, but I don't think it has to, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it could go either way, I think. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I'd be fine with either way. Yeah, same. We need more Lawrence Fisher, Lawrence Fishburne, Bill Foster types, uh, I believe. Uh, he, yeah. was, he was a lot of fun. You know, he, he had that instant backstory that they got to, you know, they got to size measuring or size comparing, right? Yeah. Kind of, uh, kind of right out of the gate. And that was, I felt like that that was a lot of fun having, you know, the character with that kind of history. And, you know, honestly, if, um, if Reed Richards uh, was around in the 60s and then they disappeared for a while, which is what I've been saying, you know, they went to explore the multiverse and then came back later, like, oh crap, you know, here's what's going on now. We gotta fix, we gotta fix this. Um, it would be, it'd be real easy to, to point at, uh, to point at Reed and be like, you were one of our greatest minds. You know, you were a great mind of, of the time you abandoned us and have that conflict between like, uh, your Denzel Washington Magneto, your uh, whoever we were talking about wanting to be uh, Xavier. Oh yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, if there's a 
uh, if 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 they see that's the thing is so like I am all on board for them to make different characters uh, characters of color of all colors races whatever is like do whatever you want tell whatever story you want um, I do think that if they made the X Men. Uh, characters all african-american or like you know a lot of the characters from the x-men african-american and they made the fantastic four african-american and they made you know like they made all those characters african-american uh it might get to the point where it's like over treading that same story not that it doesn't need to be told and not that it doesn't need to be expressed and explored but like um you know like i i I don't know i guess i'm like i'm up for it i don't i don't mind at all but I, i think if you if you're having multiple characters change races and be based in the sixties. You know what I mean? It just feels like you're telling the same story with multiple characters, which, um, you know, maybe that's what they want to do. Uh, there's multiple points of view available during sure. that time frame, Matt. Not everybody had the same story. No, no, absolutely. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's just like if that's it's, it starts to feel like they're telling that as the over, like the, and maybe they're retreading over and over again on the same kind of thing theme. Yeah. And and so far yeah. the MCU has done a good job of like being somewhat diverse. No, uh, thematically, <laughs> diverse thematically. Yes. Uh, not always diverse, uh, in other ways, although now it's getting there. It really is. It's, it's, getting, it's getting there. It's, yep. it's getting there in like a, in a good way. And I think it's more important to see characters of color breaking stereotype, which is one of the things I really like about this is if Reed Richards, uh, was, you know, uh, maybe that's why they leave this universe. You know, maybe they, maybe they are a black family who's like, they, they're doing all this great work in science and they can't, it's not being respected because of their race, you know? Yeah. And that could be a really awesome story. I, I dig it a lot, honestly. I don't know what they'll do. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. Jesse Wolf said, Hey guys, don't worry. I don't think DC is better than Marvel, but that doesn't mean DC isn't good. By the way, the Sandman is DC. And speaking of comics, I do prefer Batman comics over most Marvel comics, except Deadpool. Check them out. They're pretty great. I remember the episode where you ranked all the Marvel movies. Jeff said a comment that sort of stuck with me. He said that Thor, The Dark World, and The Incredible Hulk are still better than anything DC has got. What? (laughs) How can you watch Joker or The Dark Knight, for example, and still think that? I get that some DC movies aren't that great. They're hit and miss, like Star Wars. But the ones that are good are really good. Anyway, I've been waiting for this DC Love episode for so long. Glad it's finally happening. I hope this made it into the episode. (laughs) And have a nice day, Matt. (laughs) She says, have a nice day, Matt. Uh, So, uh, I I, I hate to say it, Jesse, but... I think you were, the, soon. You, you were the only person to write in to the D, for the DC love episode. So you ended up Ooh. being on this, uh, which, which, you know, we, uh, we said just like we did the star Wars love episode where, uh, we read messages to me about how good star Wars was. And I wasn't allowed to respond. We were going to do that for Jeff, but no, you're the only person that wrote in and in yours, you still say DC is better than Marvel or that Marvel's better than DC, which, uh, I think we all agree on that. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, that's but why yeah. we're here. Yeah. So we, we still are up for that. If anyone else has some DC love, they want to share. We'll, uh, we'll do it. I, I think that, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Jeff is Jeff. You're not allowed to respond. Those are the rules. And I'm you, not, I'm you, not. I, I do want to say though, that I know that the Sandman is DC. Um, and I have been listening to it. And so far, you know, James McAvoy is 
a brilliant voice actor. So I, I'm loving what he's done. Um, yep. Yeah. We, we, we still intend to do a, uh, an episode or two on the Sandman uh, audible original that we had ads for and we said every week we were going to do but we have not been able to make it all the way through it because of uh life changes so Huzzah. we're going to be hopefully in the next couple weeks though we'll be able to actually nail that down now that now that things are slowed down a little bit okay well uh, i can't respond to anything else though no nope, so. yeah you can't say anything about dc can't say anything about it um man it's so difficult i see you had some issues it was it's a struggle to not just like throw out some some hate or or, or yeah like not just to like say defend yourself for disliking what you dislike (laughs) it's like no i don't like that's not why it's because of this it's just it's it's not that i'm trying to be hateful i just it's just bad Uh, i just don't like it that's how i felt that's how i felt when i we did that episode so if you guys want to send in your dc love you feel free to go ahead and do that um if you want to defend dc and make Jeff read it. As you can see, I am a man of my word. I'm not going to. I'm not going to respond to it. <laughs> I'm going to let it lie. Let it lie. <sighs> uh, Jesse has a great point there. Uh, th- there really are some really good DC movies. I agree with her completely. Monica Ganey says. <laughs> Hi guys, long time listener, first time writer. I just finished rewatching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I was thinking about the framework. In the MCU, Thanos' greatest regret is not being able to save his home planet, Titan. Does this mean that in the framework, Infinity War never happened? Or do you think him seeing the peace he made uh, would make him want to destroy half the universe even more? I think with all of this said... I think it would be fun if you guys did an episode on what you think characters like the Iron Man, Cap, Spider-Man, etc. lives would be like in the framework. That's that's interesting. Like what 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 other characters would be like in the framework if their greatest regret was removed? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like Spider-Man's easy. It's like Uncle Ben, right? Yeah. But then he never becomes uh, or he never becomes the hero. Well, I mean, Uncle Ben he would be a different hero because uncle Ben didn't happen until after he had gotten his powers. Right. Yeah. But he, that doesn't, that's what I'm saying. He'd be a villain. Maybe like he was using his powers for personal gain only. And then he saw someone in trouble and didn't help. Right. But what, I mean, it, his greatest regret is, is letting that guy go and that guy getting to uncle Ben. So if he did that, then he would have been at least a decent hero to start with. He mm. might have gone a little bit dark, but he would have already taken that lesson to heart. Possibly. Yeah, that's a tricky one because it is based in like his actions would be different. But I don't know. It's like, do you, if he had just saved that one person, does that set him on the right path more than his uncle dying though? I don't know. I feel like he would have have a darker streak to him. I think he would be darker, definitely. I think he would be more along the lines of the Punisher. I think that he would... He wouldn't like, okay, so Spider-Man pulls his punches when fighting against regular people because they're regular people and he has this, you know, responsibility, this great power and great responsibility to not kill those people. So he does everything that he can to not kill them. But if he never had that, that like awful tragedy of Uncle Ben dying because he did nothing, 
you know, he did something. He sees that using my powers, you know, solves the problem. Maybe he goes too far often. You know, maybe he turns into, uh, maybe he turns into like Batfleck, Punisher hybrid, but Spider-Man. I feel like that's pretty dark for the character of Peter Parker, but how about, how about this? He keeps, uh, using his powers to enrich himself like he was, you know, um, and he never really learns that lesson that he, his powers are to be used for good. And he just, he, you know, uses them for good when it suits him, uh, for whatever reason he say, he stops that, uh, that mugger, but then like goes on in life, like to continue to use it. He becomes like a wonder man or a booster gold or a, Oh yeah. Parker industries. Yeah. Or an a train. <laughs> What's up shitbirds? <laughs> <laughs> Like he becomes a hero hero that is, you know, still really doing it for the glory of themselves and and self-interest. Yeah. Oh man. Parker Industries becomes the new Vought. (laughs) Or I say new Vought, but Parker Industries becomes Vought. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, so we got to work on hero branding. You know, it's all about, it's all about the message that you send. You know, yeah. with great power. And then uh, him and MJ like stay together because they're like a power couple, like in, in like yeah. the acting and such <laughs> like he, whatever he's, you know, he was, he was like a wrestler or whatever in that, like, uh, you know, uh, so he like goes on to like, he's the rock <laughs> of, of, this is more what I'm thinking. Like he's the rock. Oh, you want him to continue being a pro wrestler. I mean, like, no, the rock's not really a pro wrestler. I mean, yes, I know no, he what, still what goes I mean wrestling like, sometimes, but like he's, yeah, exactly. After like, his, after his instance with the bones. Yeah. Or like, yeah, he continues being a pro wrestler. Yeah, exactly. And then he eventually transitions into acting with his, and, and does, <laughs> does like quiet indie roles with his, with MJ. Um, yeah. they're, they're not really happy in their marriage cause they didn't, neither of them really fulfilled their potential, but like, uh, the, the, you know, they think they got what they thought they wanted, which is this life of like glitz and glamor, but they're sort of unhappy people and not really heroes. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> that would be real silly. And, and it would go pretty well with the framework because that's the whole thing is like the framework is, you know, it's sort of the, it's sort of the monkey's paw version of reality where like you get the thing you thought you wanted, but then you end up being someone you don't want to be, you know? Right. Right. Or someone you wouldn't have wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it, that's fun. That that's fun. A, that is a fun game. We, maybe we should do an episode of that one time. Yeah. We should, we should dig into that more later. If any of you have uh, characters you really want us to try, like we'll, we'll try, or you can try like, what's the, what is a character? What, what's a character's greatest regret and what would it do if you moved, removed yeah. it? This is the call for this episode. What is cap's greatest regret and how would fixing that change him? Oh, speaking of call outs, uh, we did last episode, we did the, uh, five movies. What five movies would you put on your, uh, your MCU Mount Rushmore? What are your pillars of Marvel? Continuity? Yeah, what, 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 what if you had to like remove everything else and you can only save five, like what are the five that like mean the most or something? Like what are the five that are, are most identifiable as, as the MCU? And we had a few of those. So we're going to save those for next week um, and try to do an episode of that. So if anybody else has any of those, feel free to send those in. What five movies of the, tw- of the 23, what five movies are like, what are Mount Rushmore of the MCU movies? 
Actually, this is a good time. Before we move on to a few more feedbacks, we're going to take a quick ad break because this episode is going to be long and our hosting service requires more ads these days when we do these super long episodes. So enjoy this short ad. Yeah, what's what's, what's Andre got to say? Andre Sparks says, hey guys, I know I was excited to see Daredevil and Spider-Man, but if any of this is remotely true, I am pumped. I do want to know what your thoughts are about how they would make the ending of Far From Home connect to Spider-Verse. Hmm. And I think this was in regard to um, the Tobey Maguire and oh, yeah. Andrew Garfield and Doctor Strange like all being rumored to be in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, so I actually am concerned about this. Andre brings up a really great point. Like, I think the Spider-Verse stuff sounds awesome. I really do. I would love just to dive into the Spider-Verse with the Sony version of Spider-Man. But... However... I really want to hear what happens next when Spider-Man's just been outed as Peter Parker in Times Square. And yeah, like how do you pivot into Spider-Verse from that? Yeah, like that's a story. It's, it's kind of like we've talked about. I mean, it's the problem with other Spider-Man movies. It's like you'd pack too many stories into one story. That it, it, can oh, be, no. it can be rough. Exactly. So like it's number three, it's it, time for them to pack too many things. In. <laughs> it's exactly. Sony, stop. Exactly. So like, I really want the Spider-Verse story. That sounds awesome. And maybe what we'll get, maybe what we'll get, uh, Spider-Man happens before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, right? Yep. So what if we get small ripples of the universe collapsing? What if it's the post-credit sequence that leads into the bigger uh, Multiverse of Madness that like really delves into it? There was an article posted yesterday uh, that was a, a theory article um, on CBR, and it was, what if Spider-Man 3 is adapting... Uh, the one more day story rather than anything else. Like what is the one more day story? One more day is where uh, Spidey or Peter Parker gets outed as Spider-Man and it, it has really bad ripples through his life uh, such that Aunt May gets shot and Mm. is in the hospital and Mephisto offers, he offers Peter and Mary Jane, because they're married at the time, offers them the opportunity to save May if they erase their marriage from history. Ooh. Like they trade in their relationship, erase their entire their entire marriage from history. Mephisto will save Aunt May. That is interesting, especially since there's lots of theories that Mephisto might be behind some of the stuff in WandaVision, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a, a a strong tie. I don't. Is it? Is it Mephisto? We were talking about Jathan. Oh well, that was a different. Uh, that was oh a different yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah, a whole yeah, thing yeah. with um, Agnes being related to Mephisto, and yeah, Agatha about, Harkness. Yeah, yeah. Good so, call. Good call. So if that if that all checks out, then like Mephisto. What if Mephisto's maybe the big bad coming up, and he's like playing with our heroes in different ways, and he's helping tear down the multiverse. Well, um, that, that could be, uh, the article that I was reading su- supposed like, what if Dr. Strange takes on that Mephisto role of, I could offer you, like, I could, I could make everyone forget who you are, but 
I, it wouldn't just be the people who are trying to get you. It would be all of the Avengers. It would be everybody, you know, everybody that's important to you would forget entirely who you are mm. and you would just disappear from their memories. Yikes. And then that would be an easy way to close off Spider-Man from the MCU. Yes, it would have to do any more deals. I mean, it would still, he'd still be there though. You know, he still I guess, would have, been I guess there. they could take away his powers and stuff. And he's still like, maybe he's just still a guy and he's just a guy. And then we never run into him again because in this universe, he's just a guy. And then Sony could have him back. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's weird. That's a weird way to make him leave the MCU. I don't, I don't particularly love it. Yeah. I don't like it either. (laughs) I I don't like that at all. (laughs) Like I I like Tom Holland way too much. He is the perfect Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Like he's, he is great in that role and I don't want to see him go. I don't want to see him go that way, especially it's just, why can't we all just get along and and make Spider-Man movies forever in the MCU? I am with you completely. Uh, let's go. What does Nathaniel Mlynard have to say? Nathaniel Mlynard says, I am 97.3% sure <laughs> that Tatiana is playing She-Hulk. She was just BSing with the reporter. I think Matthew Rainwater mentioned this on Facebook and he said Paul Rudd did the same thing. The showrunner, Jessica Gao and Mark Ruffalo basically confirmed it on Twitter. Now, the only thing I can think of is if she turned it down last minute but usually if the big trades get it, someone gave it to them. By the way, Odin revealing to be Loki is not a post-credit scene. That's the end of the movie. Do you know which two MCU movies don't have post-credit scenes? One of them has a scene at the end of the movie that is often mistaken for a mid or post-credit scene. The most recent MCU movie. Okay. Sorry. Uh, we wanna... I, 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 Incredible Hulk, right? Uh, Yes. I only know that because I just recently watched it. And that, that scene with uh, Tony Stark is actually at the end of the movie when he comes yep. and meets with, uh, uh, and I don't know what the other one is. Uh, Endgame. Endgame doesn't have an... Uh, uh, look at that. Yeah, good call. Well, not? With our powers combined. Yeah. Endgame doesn't have a post-credit scene at all. There we go. There we go. And, you know, you kind of expect it. <laughs> Yeah, it shouldn't have a post-credit sequence, honestly. It needs to be the end. Yep. Uh, Let's see, Nathaniel continues saying, the most recent MCU movie had two of the most shocking credit scenes, Mysterio revealing Spidey's identity, and then Fury and Hill being Skrulls. So I think Marvel's still good at surprising us. I almost wonder if we like to be surprised, but we also like to know what it means. Like, I don't actually know what those two scenes mean for the future of the franchise. I'm excited and I can speculate, but I still don't know anything. Other credit scenes surprise you and tell you exactly what's going to happen. The Avengers will happen. Thor is coming. Thanos is coming. Ant-Man is in Civil War. Stuff like that. Hmm. That's a really good point. That's a really, really good point. I've been sitting here racking my brain and Nathaniel brings it back up that we've been talking about these post credit sequence not being shocking. And, and then after people pointed out, like there's some really shocking ones lately, I was like, good point. I was wrong. Uh, 
but I still feel that way. And I don't know why I feel like the most recent ones haven't been as impactful. And I think Nathaniel may be dead on like the early ones. When we saw something, it was like, it's like they showed us a, it was like, it was almost like we were getting a, 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 a trailer for a thing that was coming, you know? Yeah. It was, it was basically a teaser trailer at the end of yeah, that movie. Yeah. And lately they've done more like, this is a shocking thing. And like scrolls, hey, scrolls are around. We still, that does tell us that scroll stuff is coming. But because of the use of the way they have, uh, because of the way they've used scrolls so far in this universe, like it, we don't know what that means, you know? Yeah. Like, why is that important that they are scrolls if scrolls are good guys? Or, yeah. You know, if we're friends with scrolls. Yeah. So, I mean, it does, it's still, in, it, I guess it's interesting that Nick Fury is up in space. seemingly operating a sword vessel or something. But the real question here is who has his shoes? That's true. That is true. That is the real question that, that scene asks. (laughs) That's the the subtext. Um, Yeah. That's the important different levels. You can watch a a movie on, and that's the real subtext of that scene. You really read between the lines here. (laughs) And the, the important thing is who's got his shoes. Yeah. Um, I do think that Mysterio revealing Spidey's identity is one of the best ones, like best ones ever, maybe. And it is one that I think when you see that, you go, oh my gosh, that, that means the exact same thing that Spidey did. Yeah. Shit. And it means a lot to his character and it means a lot of stories that could happen, uh, are suddenly thrown on the table. Like I do feel like that is a big story one. And uh, maybe yeah. that's why those resonate more. That's a really, I, li- I like that analysis there, Nathaniel. And I feel like I've been exposed. Uh, the core of me has been cut to. By? Nathaniel. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. I, I don't like it. You see me, and I don't like it. I don't, I don't like feeling this raw. <laughs> it's, it's not that bad, man. I don't know what your deal is. <laughs> it's not. It's not a. It's not an awful place to be where people understand you. Okay, so Ryan, Ryan, we're just, this has a spoiler for season one of Shield. If you're worried about that, if you're worried about that sort of thing, almost through the first season of Agents of Shield, and just found out Ward is part of Hydra. But the obvious sexual tension between him and Sky make me wonder if he's not actually bad or if there's more to it, because I feel like that's got to play out. This is old news to you guys, but wow, it's wild new info to me. <laughs> yeah, but he also like slept with May in that one episode. Like it's I, I, yeah, that, that whole thing was weird and it was interesting because now we know that Ward was just like trying to get. Well, actually, that's not true. Ward really did care for Sky and like wanted things there, uh, even even after the fact. Like it's it's really interesting. I'm assuming that um, Ryan is not listening to the episode that we're talking about right now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Let's not he's, spoil it. <laughs> I feel like I feel bad. He just like I don't know. But if he's listening currently, how does he not know that? We have. I feel like we had to have talked about this before on a, a regular cast that uh, the Ward reveal. But anyway, yeah. Well, a lot of people skip on uh, on our Agents of Shield episodes. That's true. That's true. Agents of Shield just wasn't as popular. Yeah, that is very that's very true. So maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. But it is interesting to hear Ryan talk about it. Like I don't know how to respond, Ryan. I'm sorry, but that is that is all interesting, and it was an interesting part of the show. <laughs> that's all I can say without <laughs> like, like yeah, that was great. The rest of the thing. Six years ago. <laughs> 
but I, I like the, I like the uh, six years ago analysis of like he, he's got to be kind of good, right? Like he's in denial that Ward's a bad nope. guy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, just wait until season three. That's really going to blow your mind. <laughs> uh, all right. What's Oid Four got to say today? Oh, it forces. Hey guys, hope you're both doing well. I got a question for your head cannoning brains. Ooh, I'll turn it on. Okay. Click. When 2012 Loki got his hands on the Tesseract in Endgame, he activates it really easily and takes it away through a portal. Uh, but if he was able to create a portal like that just by holding the Tesseract, why did he need to kidnap Dr. Selvig and hunt down materials to build a big machine and make a portal for Thanos' army? Is that just a necessary plot hole they had to create in order to pave the way for Loki's Disney Plus show? Or is there some headcanon to save this? Only little thing I can think of is the machine was necessary for a portal big enough for the army to come through, but it still seems he ought to have used the cube in that way at some point in that first movie. Yeah, I, I'm having a little... Does He uh, He does seem pretty deliberate with his action. He like grabs it and just falls back through a portal, right? Yep. I, w- I would say, yeah, I, I, it's it's a great question. Maybe there's maybe that maybe that uh, way of using the the stone you don't have as much control as possible, um, or 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 great you you did great headcan yourself by saying like uh, it requires it to to bring the Chitari army through. They they said in the movie like the the science brains science bro brains said in the movie. If he's able to do this, like if he's able to make this machine, he can open a portal for as long and as wide as he wants. Oh, interesting. So maybe maybe so, it's, maybe it's something about the amount of time. Maybe it's something as wide, and maybe it has something to do with control. Uh, because he does seem to have yeah, some well, level like of control. You, if you watch Thanos use the space stone, it's it's always just immediately in his vicinity like if he uses it to teleport it just is a bubble that wraps around him and opens up where he's going so it's it's almost like that bubble that he creates around himself is uh, a micro wormhole uh, between the point in space that he's standing at and where he wants to be but in order to make a sustained portal for you know an army to come through you need more than just turning it on, flicking the switch every now and again. Like it needs, it needs the machine. Yeah. At least that's how I interpret it. Hmm. That's how I understand it. I, I, th- I think that's likely uh, that that's all good head cannon, but it doesn't really explain why he wouldn't have tried to use it somewhere in the movie. But uh, I guess maybe they just, I guess maybe he had to leave it. Like he, he picks it up. He t- disappears. He brings his little, he starts building his army with Hawkeye and Selvig or whatever. And maybe he needs, he probably needs Selvig's expertise. And so they like, drive away. And then after that, I think he leaves it with Selvig to work on it while he's doing his other shenanigans, like, uh, mm-hmm. like going to Germany and all that stuff. Yep. So maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's it, but it's a great, yep. it's a great yep. point. It's a great point. I don't, well, I guess we'll probably, we may find out in the Disney plus show, like, how much control he has. We just don't know where he ended up. Is he back on uh Sakar or whatever? <laughs> he just like, is he just intergalactic trash that ends up on Sakar? Mm, that's a good question. No idea. Like, are, you mean 2012 Loki, right? Yeah. When he teleports, like, does he know where he's going? Does he yeah. have control of it? Yeah. Or is yeah. he just, 
does he just dump himself off like ah crap exactly <laughs> like that it's very likely something like that we'll, we'll find something like that out at the beginning of the thing like that was a that was a desperate plan to escape, but he doesn't know where he's exactly going. And he has fallen through space many times before, and uh, yeah. landed wherever he needs to. <laughs> well, it's, what if uh, what if he because time works differently on Sakar. What if that 2012 Loki is the is the Grandmaster? <laughs> <laughs> and he just ages to look like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, similar levels of charisma with those two. And that's why he likes himself so much. That's why he likes his younger self so much. Yeah, yeah. He seems to like imprison everyone else, but Loki, he seems to have a real soft spot for. <laughs> we cracked it. We cracked yep. it, you guys. The Grandmaster is Loki. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. <laughs> like when he, I can totally see Tom Hiddleston's Loki like falling out of that thing at the end. He's like, good job, guys. Good coup. Good coup. Um, mm-hmm. And he can also change his appearance. So like, he definitely could look like Jeff Goldblum at any point he wants. Really. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think we cracked it. And on, on that it. note, I think I think we're done for the day. I think we're we yeah. got a few. We got some. Uh, we still got a little back backlog of feedback we're going to work on next week. But uh, we'll uh, we, we appreciate you guys joining us for this the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hope you come back and see us next week. Uh, we, you can find us at uh, strandedpanda.com. Uh, and I, that has all of our social links. Uh, just click on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. You can also call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, and uh, again, if you want to support the podcast, um, it's uh, patreon.com slash MCU cast. So we love you very much. Peace. Until next time, true believers. 